Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Man, <laughs> I don't know why somebody didn't, doesn't want to come to church when stuff like this happens. And I'm just here to tell you, it, it's, <laughs> you know, a lot of people go, man, that church was on fire, man, the pastor and all. Do you realize that where two or three are gathered in his name, that God said he would be in the midst and, and, and maybe two or three is great, but when you get to 100, maybe 200 people that are all looking to, for Jesus and we bring Jesus in here with us and when your Jesus comes together with my Jesus, the spirit of God begins to ignite and then things, the move of God begins to happen. And, and, and it's not just so much the leadership. And, and yes, we do. We've been fasting. We've been praying. And, and we've been doing this together. But that now you see the move of God happens. This wasn't just an emotional experience. It's not something that you feel that your flesh feels all good. It has nothing to do with that. But I'm telling you right now, if you will just open up your spirit, if you just hear what thus saith the Lord today, God is going to change your life. You will never be the same. You will not leave here the same way. Things that You will look at things at a different perspective because God... God is in you now. You begin to see God the way God sees. It's like people put on shades so they don't get the sun that blocks them out. I'm telling you to take off those spiritual shades. Allow the sun to hit you in the face and in your eyes so you can see things the way God wants you to see them. That's why I called eagles. See, eagles don't see things from the ground like chickens. Chickens have a different perspective. But eagles fly and they see things from high up. God wants you to have that kind of sight. And he causes you to fly like eagles. Praise God. I'm, I'm excited. I'm just really excited, you guys. I'm excited to see all your faces today. I'm excited that, that you know, even though right now the football game started, the church is packed. <laughs> Praise God. I know I'm starting to get some. I'm starting to have more hope because, you know, football. No, there's not a football player in this world or a team in this world that could save you from hell in the grave. I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. It's great to watch, but at the end of the day, I don't get a Super Bowl ring. No matter who my team is. I don't get a bonus check. I don't get nothing. I don't get my face on a cereal box. I don't get nothing. I don't even get to meet the players. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, let's just get, let's get in a, a heavenly perspective of how we look at things. Praise God. And yes, I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm not preaching to y'all. We're live on broadcast right now. So if you're sitting at home with the computer here watching the game and me on the other side watching me, shame on you. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I ain't trying to put condemnation on you. I'm just telling you, if you would have got up off your seat today, and I, if you're working, God bless you. If you're sick, stay at home. The word can reach you there. That's why we got it. But if you made a conscious choice to stay at home, and I'll just watch on, online, you are robbing people here of you. I'm, I'm just, you know, so many people are coming to church to, 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 to get blessed instead of coming to church to be a blessing. It, it changed your perspective, okay? I, I'm, I'm sorry. You don't sow a seed for what you need. Do I need to go down that? You know, so many times we're like, look, you know, Lord, I really need this, so I'm going to see. Because, you know, if God says if you give, it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over, but men give unto your bosom. This is true. It is true. If you don't believe it, ask Alfie. Alfie will tell you, that guy's super blessed. <laughs> Everything he puts his hands on prospers. You know why? Because he's generous. But watch this. Watch this. 
When you see a need, you meet the need. That's the principle of God. You don't sow because you want something. I give it because I see you need it. And I know and I can trust that God says I give seed to the sower. So if I'm constantly sowing into people's lives, whether it's love, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's long-suffering, as I'm doing that, God's going to make sure that I'm overflowing in it. The only reason for the overflow is for other people. If I'm overflowing, what, why, what am I going to do trying to hold on to it? And see, if you're by yourself, you ain't in church, you're at home, and you're overflowing, all that overflow is just being wasted. I'm preaching already. Ain't even started yet. Praise God. Let me get into this word. Praise God. It's hot in here. Is it hot? You guys hot? I got this big sweater on. Y'all good. I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost up here. He, you know, he say he'll baptize you with fire. Fire's hot. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take the heat, though. I, I Praise God. Sweat it off. Sweat the sin out of me, God. Sweat it out. Sweat it out. Oh, hallelujah. Kill this flesh. Listen, you guys, in the last two weeks, we've been on a mission as a church. We've been on this great mission to start living our lives intentionally. Yeah, man, it's, it's been exciting. Ever since the Lord spoke it to me and, and showed me different things, over the last two Sundays, we've been finding out some really great stuff. We found out about vision. We found out that when God gives you a vision, he's not going to change his mind. He's not a God that changes his mind. And the only time that the vision changes in our lives or at the church is because maybe the first vision we had wasn't from God. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, during the beginning of the year, many pastors talk about this is the new vision for the church. Well, what happened to the old vision? Did we finish it in a year? I, I don't understand. What, what happened? It was such a big vision. <laughs> so God gives you a vision, and usually visions aren't going to happen in a year. That's why he talks about in the Bible, though the vision may tarry. Because most visions that God's going to give you are big, and it's going to take a little while to work on. And mainly what he's not working on is the vision, because the vision's already come. The vision is there. It's, it's come to pass. It's just waiting for you to get yourself together so that you can handle it when you get into it. The only reason why it takes a long time for God to give you what he wants to give you, because he's trying to fortify your character. The, the worst thing you want to do is put a person with no character in a place of power. Ha. Ha. So two Sundays ago, as I'm saying, two Sundays, we, we found out that living intentional means doing it on purpose, with the purpose, doing it deliberately, or making something happen. You, you guys understand, like, when people hurt your feelings intentionally, you did that on purpose. That means they thought about it, they planned it out, and then they did it. So that's how we have to live our lives, intentional. Think about it, plan it out, then do it. People don't become successful by accident. I will introduce you to some successful people right here in this church, and they will tell you that I didn't do this in a day. I didn't trip and fall and become successful. That don't happen like that. But they will sit down and give you a story about how many years and how many losses and how many setbacks and, and, and how many late nights and, and, and worries and all this. They'll give you a nice long story. Ooh, Lord. Just to, you know, the problem is a lot of times we want visions and dreams to happen fast. So we look for people and ask them questions. I don't want to know how you did it. Just give me a pill so I can get where you're at by tomorrow. Stan, you know what I'm talking about. There's people that want to be out of debt, but they want the out of debt pill. 
What in God's green earth made you think it took you four years to get in debt? It's going to take 10 years to get out. It ain't going to happen today. You didn't get in debt in a day. You were intentional about putting yourself in debt. Right? You applied for the credit card. You turned it in. Chewed your fingernails off waiting for it to get accepted or not. Then when you got it, you asked for an increase in the limit. You did. You were on purpose. You did this intentionally. Then you went out and shopped. Oh, I'm going to be responsible. I'm only going to use it. I'm going to pay it off in a week. Don't happen. Intentional. You guys, intentionality breeds success. When you're intentional about stuff, it's going to happen. But only if you're intentional about it. you got to do it on purpose. If you're intentional about what you are doing, you will complete the vision that God has given you. Now, when it comes to completing a vision, if you have spirituality without practicality, your dreams will never become a reality. Bars, put that in your next song. Yes, yes, yes. You guys got that? Spirituality without practicality, your dreams will never become a reality. No, no. The young people, the young people got it. They were like, say that, Pastor. Look, practicality has to play. Right, right. Watch this. There's too many people that come and they're like, Pastor, God's giving me this dream. He's giving me this vision. I'm like, okay, that's cool, man. I, I, I like it. So tell me about it. And they tell, okay, that's great. They're like, I need you to pray for me. Pray for me that, a, that the vision shall come to pass. And I'm like, I can pray for you all day. We can pour oil, a bucket of anointing oil on you. We can fast and pray for, for 30 days and do everything. And your vision ain't going to come true. Because you weren't practical about it. See, when you have a vision, this is what has to happen. You, God will give you a vision, and you got to do something to make sure it happens. Do you realize that the Bible tells you faith without works is dead? So you got to be doing something practical in order to get it done. Too many of us as Christians get way too spiritual about some work. Work isn't spiritual. It's physical. I was toiling in the Lord. No, you wasn't. You were sitting there. God is not a genie. I don't care how much you rub your Bible. He ain't going to pop out of it. Never had a friend. Never had a friend. We also saw that God was intentional about creation. <laughs> Stop, you guys. <laughs> if Christ was intentional about creation, if God is intentional about everything that he does, us being Christ-like or Christians, shouldn't we be intentional too? So is it safe to say if we're not intentional, then we're not being Christians? I say it too. If we're not serving, then how could we be the greatest of them all who was the servant? Hint. There weren't too many laughs at that one. You notice that one? You guys looking for the jokes, but let me tell you when it's serious. If Jesus Christ, who is the servant of all, 
He said, I didn't come to be served, but yet I've come to serve. If we want to be Christians, which means Christ-like, if we want to act like him, then we have to serve. Come on. You can get this or you don't want to get it. You can close your ears to this, but I'm telling you right now, if you're not serving, you're not Christ-like. If you're not Christ-like, you're not a Christian. Is that, is that hard? Is that tough? Is that too hard for you guys? Hate me for telling you the truth. I'll accept it all day. I go as far as saying this, and we can sit down and we can go over the theology and doctrology and all this, but if you ain't serving, you ain't saved. Come to Bible study, you'll hear about it. All right, all right, moving on. Now, we have a problem with being intentional because being intentional requires foresight. It requires uh, us to be able to anticipate. It, it requires us to have a level of discernment. And I know like last week, my wife preached, a, a, that's why they call it Kaya Fire. She preached a, a message. It was lit. Praise God. It was, it was, this was about to be good. That was the title of it. She's talking about this year. This is about to be good. Why is it going to be good? Because we're going to live a life of intentionality. And she talked about Peter. And, and as she talks about Peter, I love it because every time she talks about it, I always hashtag Peter moments. You know, she talked about her Peter moments. Like one minute she'll be spiritual and the next minute, you know, she's just human. And she sees a lot of Peter in herself. That's not being bad, but that's also being good because as she broke down that Jesus wants to get in your boat. The same way that Jesus got into Peter's boat, Jesus wants to get into your boat. He didn't, he don't want to do it by accident. He doesn't want to do it by fate. And it's definitely not coincidence. God intended to use a fool like Peter to spread the gospel. Look, look, can I, can I just make it personal? God wants to use a fool like you to spread the gospel. Somebody that's messed up, didn't get it right, never gets it right, who cuts off a year one minute and calls God, God the next minute. He wants to use somebody that does that to spread the gospel. How do I know? Because 1 Corinthians 1 and 27 says this, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put down to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. He uses the foolish, the weak, and the despised things to spread his gospel. Can you imagine that God is using somebody like John Butcher, J-Bone to preach the gospel? Some people in here shaking their heads. You knew me back in the day. You guys know what I used to do. But God would use somebody like me that can't spell right, half the time talk right, make up words. Intentionality. It worked, though. Y'all knew what I meant. Is it? Is it a word? It's a word. I trusted you. Look, you guys know Peter. Peter was off. Peter was on. Peter stands there. He looks at God, and, and God says, this is, you know, God looks at Peter and says, Peter, who do you say that I am? He says, thou art the Christ. He's like, Okay. Flesh and blood didn't tell you that Peter. Peter was super spiritual at that time. And then after, you know, Jesus goes on, and this is Matthew chapter 5, and he begins to break down to him. He says, look, the, the Son of God must be given us ransom for men. I'll be, you know, betrayed and on the cross. And then Peter turns around in his flesh and says, uh-uh, Lord. I got you back. I, 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 uh -uh, I'm going to take out anybody who doesn't need. Then he has to look at him like, back up. Looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. So one minute you hear him from God. And the next minute, you acting all of it in your flesh. It, I, none of y'all, ever. that's never happened with any of y'all, right? 
Like today, you guys are praising God. You're going to get full of the Holy Ghost and leave out of here and everything's going to be all right, right? Wait till you get home. It's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. So she began to explain that. But this Peter, this Peter that always messes up, the Peter that runs up and jumps up and cuts off somebody's ear, the same Peter that, that even when Paul was dealing with Peter, the same Peter that, that, would, that would sit down and, and be sitting with Gentiles, but when Jews came around, he'd act like he didn't know the Gentiles. That's Peter. He just, he's spiritual one minute, and then the next minute he's in his flesh. Peter moments. Hashtag Peter moments. So we look at that, and we see it, and, and, and we understand that God used Peter intentionally. When he met with Peter, and he saw Peter, he, Peter was like, he's like, look, man, take, take your boat. Take your boat. Now, Peter's a businessman. He owns fishing boats. He says, take your boat. Take it on out there, and, and I want you to catch. He's like, look, Lord, we've been fishing all night. We didn't catch nothing. God says, no, let me give you direction. Because sometimes you can do stuff on your own. It don't work. But when God tells you to do it, you're going to prosper. So he listened to the Lord, and the Lord took it, takes him out. And as he goes out, he says, cast out thy nets. Nets. But Peter being Peter cast out his net. He cast out one net. See, God knew beforehand what he needed. And he's told him what to do. But that was slight obedience, which was disobedience, which almost caused his boat to sink. So he cast out his net and he began to catch fish. So much fish, so the Bible said he was bringing it in and it almost sank his boat. So he had to call other boats around to help him bring in the fish. Now, he's got the cash load. Uh, my wife said, this, he's hit the big one. He's, hit the big, he's hit, actually hit the lottery of, of 2 BC or two, yeah, 2, something like that. So he hit, he's, he's good, right? He's, he's got everything. He's probably got plenty of money. But see, what happened was because Jesus stepped in his boat and then took him out and he was obedient and he was obedient to what God told him, he brought in a blessing. But what happened was the blessing wasn't just for him because as Peter was starting and getting blessed and he had such an overflow, he had to call other people to come get part of that overflow because, you know, most of us, we get an overflow. We're going to keep putting it in, keep putting it in our boat. And you know what's going to happen? Eventually what has caused us, what was supposed to be a blessing, ends up being a curse and will sink our ship. I wish y'all are listening to me right now because we try to hoard so much stuff. The deceitfulness of riches will enter in. And choke the word out of you. Basically what it's saying is you can bring as much as you want to on that boat. It'll sink your ship and Jesus will go off walking on water as your boat's sinking. But what happened is when Peter got, Peter got in his boat and he caused everybody else got part of the blessing, Peter wasn't concerned with the blessing. Peter laid down at the feet of Jesus and he says, I don't deserve this. See, that's what a blessing's for. God wants to bless you. He's, he wants to get in your stinky, nasty. He wants to step into your ship or your boat. <laughs> he wants to step into your vessel because you're an earthen vessel. And as he steps into your boat, he wants to take you to a place to get blessed so other people can see you getting blessed. And the other people see you getting blessed, but they don't see you. They see that Jesus is on your boat. He's, they see Jesus in you. And when they get blessed, watch this. When they get blessed, they know it's not you. They know it's the Jesus in you. And then that's when Jesus stood on the boat when he was out there. And he began to preach to the masses when he was in Peter's boat. See, God wants to get in you. And while he's taking you where he's at and the blessings begin to flow, he wants to preach through you to reach the masses. And the blessing was just to get their attention. Come on, somebody. 
the blessings to get their attention to preach to them. Praise God. That's what we do as a church. Uh, you know, as, as a church, we go out and we bless people just to get their attention. We've been out over here at the maze in the last three years. We're going out giving it. We, we do Halloween in the maze. We do Christmas in the maze. We're going to go out here over here to, Christ, uh, to Crystal School. We're going to do a bunch of different things. We want to just get their attention with blessings so that when they see us, they know that Jesus is in our boat. Amen. 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 Now, I've been looking on social media and I see everybody's excited. How many people are excited about being intentional? You guys are really excited about it because if you're intentional, things are going to happen in your life. I said this before, that, that this, this message right here isn't just going to help you with your walk with God. It's going to help you with your walk in life. Amen. You can apply these principles to anything. But I've been looking on social media, and everybody's getting excited about intention, being intentional the same way we get excited about losing weight. <laughs> we get excited about losing weight, but not excited about what we got to do to lose weight. Especially when we start. Okay, yeah, because do you know the most pain that you get when starting something is right when you start it. I don't know if you guys ever just go out and work out. The first week is hell. You get up the second day, you're like, oh, 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 got to call in. Can't make it. Not, not going to make it. It's not going to work. No, 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 watch this. But if you push past that pain, you don't realize it as you start working out again, that pain goes away. Like, oh, okay, I could do this. I can do the deep knee bends. And, and then the week, that first week after that pain goes away, it starts getting better. Then after the next week, it starts getting better. But we always quit at the first week. Because we see the vision, but we don't see what we have to do to get to the vision. That's why God, when he gives you a dream, he shows you it in its complete fullness. He shows you, he shows you being a business owner. He shows you raking in money. He shows you that you have a power and authority over people. He shows you in these different places. He shows you married. He shows you having children. He shows you all these things, but he doesn't show you what it's going to take to get it. Because if he showed you what it was going to take to get it, you wouldn't want what God has for you. You'd be like, what? I got to do what? I'm fine where I'm at. I'm content in the Lord. Hallelujah. So what everybody's been asking me, they've been like, so what does being intentional look like? I'm like, I'm glad you asked, because today I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you four principles on being intentional. You guys take notes, take notes. If you don't have nothing to take notes, go back and watch the video. If you don't want to watch the video, you get download the app, TBCF. That's the name of the app, TBCF. Download it, and you can listen to it on our podcast. This is very important. I can promise you if you do these four things in any area of your life, it will get done. Amen. You ready? Four principles and practical steps on being intentional. Now, number one, write the vision down. Whatever dream, whatever vision God has given you, you have to write it down. I don't know how many times, and, and those of you that know me as a pastor and you've come to me with ideas, I love hearing ideas, but I'm going to forget about it come two weeks later. Sorry. I just do. I got a lot on my mind. But what I tell people is write it down. So when I write it down, I can read it. I can see what it means. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets or tables that he may run who reads it. So you got to read it. So when you can read it, you can get it down. Now, this is very important. Listen to me. When you write down your plans, when you write down your dreams or your vision, you want to make sure that it gets all the way down. The more detailed, the more better. 
Don't just put, I want to be a business owner. Who doesn't? You want to be a business owner. You got to see what business is. You got to write it down. Okay, for instance, maybe, maybe you want to be, uh, maybe you want to be like a person that restores tile and does tile on pools. Who would want to do that? I don't know. But you would go, you know what? I see a company and I call it Tile Bright. And I see that in, in Tile Bright, I'll be able to, uh, I'll be able to bless people in, in this in the Tile Bright. I'll be doing pools. I'll do tile. I'll also be able to color concrete. And eventually, and I, with, my, with this vision, he's writing this down. Eventually, I want to employ a bunch of people, but I want to be a blessing. I, I don't want my, my, my business to prosper, but I want to be able to, to bless people at my church to be able to have a job that can't find jobs and people that have difficulties getting jobs. I'll be able to bless, and they'll be able to work. And, and see, you write all this down, and as he writes all it down, then guess what? You begin to see what's going to happen. And I like this part because most of the time, what we do is we see things, or we, we, we dream things, but guess what we do? We forget about it. Or we go, oh, I want to be a business owner, but what else did I say? If you write it down in that scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2, it says that he may run who reads it. Guess who he is? You. And for some of you guys that don't like the, the, the male pronoun, just put an S in front of it. So she that reads it. Because some of you out there got some dreams. I don't know. I mean, some of you, like, for instance, you might have a dream to be on a beauty shop. You say, I want to own a beauty shop. No, like, you go, you know what? I want a beauty shop, and I want to call it Trendsetters. And not only trendsetters, I just want to, I want to be able to have a place where an atmosphere where women can come and get their hair done and relax and get things off their mind, where I'll be able to minister to them so that they know that they are daughters of God and that they see their natural beauty in the way God that created them. I, I, I want to put, so you begin to write these things down. There's some men out here that might be like doing construction or whatever, and you might say, you know what? I, I want a job. I want a demolition company. I want to destroy things. I want to tear stuff apart. You just don't put that now. You, you, got, you, got, to, you got to put AFM d d Demolition Company or something like that. And I want to have tractors and I want to have all kinds of wrecking stuff. I want to have a crew of many people. And, and, and when I get blessed, when I get so blessed that what I want to do is I want to be able to help my church out with their vision and, and be able to bless people when they need things. And, 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 and off, of that, off of that, I'm going to be able to, to help those people that don't know Jesus because I'm going to show them what it means to destroy something while I destroy it, that there's something built up that's going to happen. The same way that Jesus tears down my past, that he redeems my past and renews my future, that he has to destroy. See, these are the things that you write down so then when you know when you write it down you're able to read it and go well, that's what I want to do and you're able to run with that vision that God has given you so number two the first thing we got to do is write the vision down number two create smaller goals that lead to the vision write down smaller goals or I call them steps that lead to the vision I mean lead to your vision watch this Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this and let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't lose heart. You know, a lot of us lose heart in our visions because we don't see it coming to pass. The reason why we don't see it coming to pass is because, guess what? We didn't set steps up to get to it. Your vision and dream, anytime, okay, you ever see when people dream, they do like this, and the dream comes up above their head. So therefore, we see dreams are up here. And in order to get up here, we have to take steps to get to a higher place. But we get so disheartened because we look and we're like, I can't reach the dream and we give up. 
we get weary in well-doing. But if we set up steps to get to where we need to get, we're able to determine where we're at in the vision that God has given us. You guys follow me? It's very important. See, we grow weary when we don't reach our final destination. That's why it's imperative that we set smaller goals and pit stops for us to measure our progress, such as losing weight. Most people won't lose weight because they set a goal losing weight, but they don't set steps up in between that. If your goal is to lose 60 pounds in a year, you could do it. But don't go, I'm going to lose 60 pounds, and you go, I only lost three, but I'm looking at 60. I only lost three. Well, at least you lost three. It's a start. So what you do is you set up smaller goals. Each month, I'm going to lose five pounds. So in a year, if I lose five pounds every month, watch this, in a year, I have lost 60. So you set up the steps. So at the end of the month, you go back and look. You weigh yourself. Man, I lost five pounds. You might have lost eight pounds. But you said your, your steps, your next step is lose five pounds. So the next month, you're looking at losing five pounds. Some of those months, you won't lose five pounds, like November. And it just ain't happening. New Year's, please. Come on, somebody. It don't happen. But here's the cool thing about it. So what we do, because we set up steps, is we go, okay, I didn't make it this month, but I'll make it next month. And you push your vision out another month. You guys hear what I'm saying? Your goal was to do it in a year, but because you failed it one month, don't overdo yourself on the next month. Because a lot of times we set unreasonable expectations. And we won't never meet them. And when we do that for ourselves, guess what? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You don't want to have a, a, a sick heart. You don't want to be like, man, I can't get this done. So that's how you do it. You got to set up these steps. You guys, let me ask you this. You go to a, uh, let's say you go to a hotel. And you know, it's way over there in the corner. It says stairs. But right in front of you is elevator. Which one are you going to take? Why? No, you don't take it because it's faster. You take it because you don't have to work. Y'all hear me. You don't take the elevator because it's faster. Faster is, is, faster is the byproduct of the elevator. What it is is really you don't take the elevator because you don't feel like working getting up those stairs. Why take the stairs when I can take the elevator because it's easier? I'm here to tell you today that God's vision requires you to take steps because the steps as you're stepping is building up not only your faith, but it's also building up your character. Because once you reach the vision, you have to have strength and character to maintain the vision that God has given you. If you take the elevator, that vision will overtake you. I think I said it earlier. There's nothing worse than putting a person in a position of prominence and power that doesn't have character. So first, we got to write the vision down. Number two, we got to create goals or steps that lead to the vision. And number three, we got to anticipate. We got to anticipate. Re anticipate means this, to regard as probable, mean it's probably going to happen. It means to expect or predict, to foresee, to be prepared for. That's what anticipate means. The Bible calls this ability to have uh, to expect, to foresee, and to predict. They call this the gift of prophecy. Hmm. A prophetic gifting. Listen, you guys, do you realize that the Holy Spirit gives us this gift? According to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that prophecy is a gift from the Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus told us in Acts, and we look in Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18, it says, In the last days, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even all my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall all prophesy. As I look at this scripture, I begin to see that God has given you a vision, but he, he did not neglect to give you the tool that you need to fulfill the vision. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Part of that need, that need that you have, it's your need is to be able to foresee, to even to predict what's going to happen down the road. Some of y'all looking at me funny like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean prophesy? Like being a fortune teller? No. Do you realize that's why it's wrong? To go see fortune tellers and tarot card readers? Why would you go to that when God has given you the spirit of God for you to be able to see what's coming down the road? Do you know in John 16, 13, it says the spirit of truth, who's the Holy Spirit, will tell you of things to come. He's going to tell you what's about to happen if you listen. Y'all ever have a kid and you're getting ready to say, listen, son, uh, you don't, you don't want to do it that way because this is what's going to happen. And they don't listen? That's us. God telling you, don't, don't, don't go there. Some of you business owners, God told you to, don't hire them. But his resume looks so good. He did really good at his last 20 jobs. That's a hint if you guys, if somebody had 20 jobs and they're only, and they're only 20. <laughs> the Spirit of God will allow us to anticipate what is coming down the road so that we can prepare to handle it. Watch this. Not avoid it, but to handle it when it comes. God, God doesn't desire for us to dodge those bullets. He desires us to stand it. Why? I know because the scriptures, it, it tells us, uh, it says here, look, it says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful. Come on. Whew. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to handle, but with every temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. You know what bear it means? Stand in the middle of it. God said, I've made a way of escape. Well, watch this. Who is the way? Jesus. He's the way and the truth. I'm here to tell you the truth. If somebody tells you the truth, he's going to tell you about Jesus. If somebody wants to give you a way of escape, it's not to get out of it. It's to get into Jesus and be able to sit in it and deal with it. So God gives us that. When we operate in our gifting to anticipate, we can see problems before we get to the problem. Watch this. People, so many people say things like this, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, you just prophesied something and then you ain't dealing with it. You know there's a gap somewhere that requires a bridge. So why not handle it now before you get to it? Do you know that that's one of the biggest problems with momentum? People build up momentum in their churches, in their jobs, in their businesses, in their lives, and in, in their relationships, and they know there's going to be a problem down the road, and instead of handling the problem now, they wait till they get to the problem, and it stops momentum. But if I could solve the problem as I'm running, that's like a running back. See, running backs are running, and they have to see the problem before they get to it. They have to envision a tackler coming a certain way, and they're going to go another way because they anticipate what they're going to do successful runners do it 
And when you're able to foresee it, when you know about it, see, then when you can see the problem before you get to the problem, then you could solve the problem before it becomes a big problem. How many times have we had little problems that we neglected and they became big problems? I like this saying. My nephew taught me this. My nephew said this to me years ago. He said, do you know the difference between a snake egg and a chicken egg by looking at it? I was like, yeah, I can tell the difference. He says, okay, well, would you sit around and wait for the snake egg to hatch before you step on it? There's a message in there somewhere. Why wait for the, the problem to, to come to life? If you see it before it's birth, step on it. Don't let it become a problem before the problem. No, it's, right now, it's a little problem because it's even in my house. So I'm going to step on it now. And then problem over. Problem solved. Most big problems are small problems that we don't address. If we see it, then we need to solve it before it gets bigger. As I bring this to a close, number one, we have to write the vision down. Number two, we need to create goals, steps, or steps that lead to the vision. Number three, we need to anticipate. Number four, the most important one, you guys listen very carefully. Number four is do it now. Hello. It's okay. I, I meant to scare you. Just wake up. Do it now. Don't procrastinate. We got, we, we, we're living in a generation of procrastinators. Oh, I'm tired. I'll get it done later. Listen, if the garbage needs to be taken out, just take it out. Yeah, everybody's like, amen. The ladies are like, amen, looking at their husbands. <laughs> if the dishes need to be done, just do them. As soon as you're done eating. Make the bed when you get out of it. <laughs> Hang your clothes up when you take them off. Don't throw them in the floor. I'm ministering to myself. Oh. Speak, Jesus. You guys know sometimes we procrastinate you know why we procrastinate sometimes we procrastinate because of fear we procrastinate because of fear listen I, I prayed earlier you know God didn't give you the spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind and perfect love casteth out all fear so when you allow Jesus to get in the middle of your situation there's no reason to fear what God has for you sometimes God will give you a vision that's so big you get scared of it like what I promise you something. I, when God showed me what, what our church was going to be, and we're not even there yet, we're, we're getting there, I was like, God, there's no way. There's no way. And, and my wife and I were tempted to just like, we'll just go to a church and serve. Because we're still serving you, God. God said, that's not what I called you to do. That's not the vision that I have for you. And we couldn't do it, we couldn't do it if we were full of fear, but we did it by faith. And we're still doing, there's a lot more we're doing by faith, please, believe me. It's taken even more faith than it did starting the church. But God just really blessed us. So we, sometimes we procrastinate, put stuff off by fear because we're so fear and we want to wait till we're brave. Listen, courage doesn't happen in the face of, of no trouble. You can't have courage unless there's something that scares you.
Courage is only necessary when, some, when you're in danger. And the Lord commanded, commanded us, be of good cheer, be full of courage, because there's going to be things that scare you, but I'm with you. So we, we can't procrastinate because of fear. And other times we procrastinate because we're just outright lazy. Knows nobody wanted to be uh, spiritual at that time and say, amen. Yes, Lord. You know, the Bible has plenty to say about laziness. Proverbs 15, 19 says, the way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. You know, the highways I'm on are wide open and they're easy to travel. And that's because you're doing it now. But do you know if you, if you have a path that goes through a wilderness, that if you don't keep walking on that path, eventually that path will get overgrown and covered with weeds, thickets, and thorns. And then when you try to do move through it, it gets harder to move through. See, God has ordered your steps. And because he's ordered your steps, you should walk in them as quickly and fast as you can. Because the longer you wait, the more the thorns are growing up around that path that he's called you to walk on. And it's going to make it more difficult. So stop being lazy and do it now. Another way is, uh, another reason why we, we, uh, we procrastinate is because we're ignorant. We just don't know what to do. Sometimes God will give you dreams and visions. You're like, how am I supposed to start this? Kai and I, started, when we started a church, we had no idea how to start a church. I'm sure there are handbooks on it. I didn't know about them. <laughs> we didn't. And I was like, there's no way. I, I, I don't know how to start a church. I didn't take a, a, a class on church planning, and we didn't have a, a bishop or an apostle that set us out. Nobody gave us a bunch of money to start a church. He just told us, start a church. And we did not know how to do it. But I tell you what, this is one, this is one thing that I can tell you is true. This is just one of the many things. But this scripture that came truth in our life. Proverbs 3 and 6 says this. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. We did it. Just like, Mo, just like uh, Abraham did it. God said, just go. He said, go to a place that I will show you. He didn't show him and then he went. He said, just go. And as he stepped... God began to show him the different places that he was going. As Kai and I started doing what God called us to do, he began to open up the doors for us. He be, you know, we, we began to do things like we started looking for a building, and I'm, I stepped out, and I just started asking people all too soon. Couldn't find one in too soon at the time. Went everywhere. Nobody could do anything. I'm like, God, this can't be you. You know, things seemed like to get shut down in my face. And then all of a sudden, God caused a man that overheard from somebody else that we were looking for a building. He saw me and walked up to me and said, I heard you're looking for a church building. But it caused us to do it. We didn't know what to do, but we acknowledged God. God, we don't know what to do. But Lord, we will be obedient with what you tell us. We're going to operate on what we do know and not worry about what we don't know. Because you can do a whole lot more with the little I have. I will give you my five fish and two loaves. You guys, no matter what your dream, no matter what your vision, listen to this very carefully. Procrastination is the killer of all dreams. Putting off till tomorrow what you can do today will kill the vision that God has given you. Now, I know there's a vision that God has given me, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. I talk about it all the time. If you guys turn and look in the back, turn, just turn and look. See the little booth back there? You see the lady in there waving? Every service we translate in Spanish. A vision that God gave me was it gives me a heart for, for the, the Latino culture. And it'll be one day God's going to allow me to preach in Spanish. 
One day, I, I, and he's starting to place people in my lives to make that come true. I got a good pastor friend, and some of you guys know Pastor Nestor Gomez Freja that's way back in New York. Praise God. He's like, man, I want you to come out and preach at my church. And I'm like, man, when I come, I'm coming preaching in Spanish. But it's just a dream. It's just a dream until I'm intentional about it. So today I'm going to start being intentional. Is that okay? All right. So Dios me dijo que dijera esto en español. Escucha, 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 escucha. Escucha. Cuida diosamente. Cuadri. I'm, 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 give, me, give me some help, Lord. Cuidadosamente. Cuidadosamente. Comienza a tijer y Dios te dará el hijo. Comienza a tijer y Dios te dará el hijo. Hilo. Gracias. Comience por la fe. Comience la por fe. Comienza la por fe. What I said was, God told me to say this in Spanish. And I said, listen carefully. Start sewing, and God will give you the thread. Start sewing, and God will give you the Don't wait for the thread to sew. Start sewing, and God will give you the thread. And then I said, do it by faith. Start by faith. You can't just sit back. There's a vision. There's a dream that God has given you. There's a dream. I just look, I just looked at you, Dre, and I begin to I remember back when I met you, the dream and vision that God has given you and the battles that you've been fighting, the people, the principalities and things that have come against you all these years. And you never quit. You held on to the vision that God has given you. You never quit. And now this is the season. This is the year because you've been intentional that God is opening up doors that had never been opened before. And he's allowing you, not anybody else, to steal the glory, the glory that you're giving God. There's been glory stealers, but God is allowing you to make sure that he wants to get in your boat. He's in your boat. And he's allowing you to preach. And the blessings that he's given to you, you're, you're, you're dispensing it. God is well pleased with you, Dre. And there's people in here the same way. God has given you vision. He's given you dreams. And he wants you to start doing it now. But he wants you to do it by faith. Don't wait for the supplies. Don't wait for anything else. Just start sowing and God will give you the thread. So we learned today, write the vision down is number one. Number two, create small goals to reach the vision. Number three, anticipate. Learn to prophesy and rely upon God to show you what the things are to come. And number four, do it now. Don't procrastinate. Get it done. Get her done. Dilly dilly. Speaking of procrastination, there's one thing that I don't want you to procrastinate on. And that's giving your life to Christ. So many of us say, I got another chance. You may not have another chance. So as we bring this to a close, today's your day. Don't procrastinate. Jesus is calling you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet.
Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.